I've learned a lot about myself over the last, whatever it's been, so many years now, that there's a very compulsive side to my nature. Most people I know who are actors or musicians or poets or writers tend to be this way. It develops into self-destructiveness. It's addictive personality, as they call it now. The fashion is to call itself addictive personality types. I was just like that. <coughs> and at the time, <coughs> when I was much younger, <coughs> excuse me, it, seems, it seemed to be a very attractive way of life. I thought it was the only way to live. Mm. Uh, looking back on it, I'm glad I survived because uh, it finally rips you to pieces and you're dead uh, or finished or unemployable. And uh, I've learned something about myself that I... That part of me is still alive, but now it doesn't control my life. And I'm glad it's alive in me because I feel restless most of my time, you know. I'm never really satisfied. And yet, in a strange way, I'm very content in, in many areas of my life now. But I wouldn't have missed any of it. I, I'm glad I am what I am. I'm glad I am, I am what I was, for example. But I don't want to actively live like that anymore because mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a short circuit, you know, it's a dead end. I feel much richer for all this because now I feel like a survivor. This is Shane Raver, and you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio. Living one day at a time for a sober, healthy, happy life. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. And now, let's start the show! Hey, pasta! What's happening? What's going on? All you out there listening to the show, thanks for tuning in. I'm Shane Raymer. This is another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast, number 20 to be exact. Today we're going to talk nine signs that you may have a drinking problem. Who's a drunk? Who's a drunk? Who's a drinker? Who's a drinker? Who's a drunk? Who's a drunk? No, I'm not drunk right now. Haven't been drunk for over a year. Sometimes I do wonder what my brain has really done with itself. Where has it gone? Is it back? Is it here? Is it there? Sometimes it's everywhere. It's all over the place tonight and today. Sometimes I feel like I'm literally going crazy, like I'm losing my fucking mind. Anyone else feel like that? I bet you do. I'm pretty sure you do, because we're alcoholics. Shit. What's going on in the hood? I'm here in the old garage studio. DIY. Do it yourselfer. Like that, because it's punk rock. We keep it real. I do all my own producing, my own mixing, my own editing, my own recording, my own show content, my own writing. Who's a son? Who's a son? I'm off the hook tonight, I know. But I'm just trying to keep it real. This is me. This is when I get to be me. And I love it. And I love you for loving it. I love you for listening. Anyway, nine signs that you may have a drinking problem. First and foremost, let me just... uh say this if you have any comments or questions you'd like to be a part of the show talk about anything you can email me at sobriety at that sober guy.com check out the website as well www.thatsoberguy.com i did a little upgrading to it i put some of my music up there as well so you can sample uh, some of the chemical diet album that was released back in 2011 it's got some good music on it it's kind of old school it's back when i was drinking and drugging still 
Uh, but there's some real shit on there and uh, you can really hear what life was like in those days through that um, that album. It's kind of a journal of Shane Raymer's life uh, for the, you know, the those couple of years that that was going on. And uh, Chris Elliott, my friend, uh, who goes by Pharmacist Chris, his life, too, because we were both kind of doing the thing back in that day. Um, but the music on there is really good. I also put out a single uh, 1989 i put that up there it's 80s pop culture uh it's got some comedy elements to it a little history a little hip-hop knowledge in there um and also doing all right which is kind of like my story that's my acoustic shit that i wrote um actually right before i went into uh to rehab to azure so i put that out as a single it's kind of um you know a little four minute condensed version of of my my story so if you're interested in any of that, check it out, www.thatsoberguy.com. Yeah, check it out on there. The music's up there. Um, you can you can listen to some of it. You can pick it up on iTunes. It's also on CD Baby, Amazon. Um, good music, good stuff. I'm proud of it. I'm not proud of some of the content in it back in the day, but at the same time, I am proud of it because it's real. It's what I was going through. I've addressed it, and um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of just a part of me. It's kind of a part of my life. So. I have to uh, acknowledge it and take it for what it is and uh, let it go. Nine signs that you may have a drinking problem. Um, In the last few months of my drinking, it really became very evident to me that it was no longer something I had control of. And I I get a lot of people who ask me how I knew I had a problem. And uh, that was a very, very hard thing because, um, you know, alcoholism is, you know, it's, it's the only disease that tells you that you don't have a problem. Um, if you have cancer, if you have diabetes, if you have um, autism, I mean, all different kinds of things, um, they don't tell you that you're not sick because you're sick. It's obvious that you're sick. Alcoholism is different. Um, and I don't want to put alcoholism in the same category as like a cancer because it's 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 not. It's much different. Uh, and I'm not lessening either one of the two. There's more severe cases in um, in both diseases. Uh, alcoholism unfortunately is very misunderstood it's it's not um it's 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 not scientifically understood it's not understood from a human aspect uh just like cancer wouldn't be it would be more understandable to somebody who's gone through it who's experienced it same type of thing but as far as alcoholism goes it's very hard to come to terms with the fact that you may have a problem as it was for me um and how i knew finally is that I had lost the con- I had lost the choice to choose if I was going to drink if that makes sense so I I had no I had no longer control over the fact when there would be alcohol around regardless if on the way to the place where there was going to be alcohol if I said I wasn't going to drink that day I would end up drinking and or be drunk or whatever um whatever happened because once it started flowing once I got a beer to me then that was it was it it was on so that's how I kind of finally figured out, you know, and by the end of my drinking, I was drinking and driving on a daily basis. Um, you know, I was getting into some trouble. I was doing some stupid shit. Uh, I almost lost my job. You know, there, there were things that spiraled out of control very fast for me. And, um, you know, it, it all kind of came down to the fact that I just, I had no choice. I had no control over it. It had completely grabbed me you know, grabbed me by the balls. It felt like I had a death grip around my neck and the only way I could breathe was through the mouth of a bottle. Uh, I isolated often. I found excuses to be alone so I could drink. 
And uh, it was a very, 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 very dark place that I never, ever want to go back to again. So uh, with that being said, let's jump on number one from the nine signs that you may have a drinking problem. You vow to quit drinking, but you never do. I did this every day. I'm not going to drink tonight. Boom. Noon, I'm drunk. Um, this is a tough one because it's, you know, and if, if it got to this point for me, once it got to this point for me, it was, um, you know, it was either all or none. I either had to just, I had to stare it right in the face, which was a hard, hard, hard thing to do. Or I just let it go, which is why it went so long too. Cause I, I knew that I was, I knew that I was trying to quit. I knew that I wanted to stop, but I really honestly couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own. At least I needed help. So, I mean, and there's no doubt that people who've had at least one bad experience, whether it's a fight, uh, you know, when, when they're drunk, they've had a bad experience. It may be a fight. It may be saying something stupid. Uh, you got sick. You, you know, you were sick in the bathroom, laying on the floor, puking. You got a horrible hangover. Um, you know, almost everyone who's drank has experienced something similar to that. And most people vow to never do that again. And most of them don't. But then there's the, you know, there's the few of us. Um, you know, who, who do suffer from alcoholism and we vow to never do it again. And we continue to have the same experiences over and over and over and over. And this next day we say the same thing. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And then you, you end up doing the same thing again. So, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big sign right there. And I, uh, I would say that if, you know, if you can recognize something for what it is, see the honesty in it. And you truly want help because you're never going to be able to help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves, right? Um, you know, I could sit here all day and try to help a family member who I care about who has a severe drinking alcoholism problem, but it doesn't matter how much I love them, how much I say to them, how much I preach to them, you know, and I, and I don't, and when I say preach, I don't mean preach because I, I, I try not to do that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. Nobody, there's nothing worse, you know, than, than hearing, an alcoholic preached to somebody about not drinking, like we're on a pedestal or something. So that's complete BS to me. I, I definitely don't do that. But um, what I do do is I care and I love, you know, people that I care about and I want to see them do the best for themselves. And if they are, you know, destroying themselves and I see the life that is possible out there in sobriety for them to live, it's, it's very difficult to not want that for somebody that you care about. Um, but back to my point, was that it doesn't matter what you want. It only matters what the person wants. And the person is the only one that's going to be able to change that about themselves, about their lives is by waking up and taking, you know, life by the balls in a sense and their situation by the balls and, and asking for help. You have to ask for help. You can't do this shit on your own. I couldn't do it on my own. Most people. So I'm sure there are cases where people do do it on their own. They can just quit. Um, you know, for me, it wasn't, wasn't like that. I couldn't do it on my own. So, um, let's, let's move on. Let's jump into number two. Uh, number two is changes in personality. Kind of what I wrote here for this is if, if there's an extreme change in one's personality when drunk versus when sober, uh, this can be a huge sign. And I have a couple of friends like this, actually, they're great friends when they're sober, when they're drunk, it's like the classic Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, just completely different people. Uh, they can become obnoxious, loud, aggressive, uh, basically annoying as fuck. You know, you look at it through a different aspect when you're not, you know, wearing the beer goggles. Uh, 
So, it, and alcohol also, it's commonly used as a tool to mask depression, anxiety, stress, um, any other feelings of uncertainty. And, um, you know, the roller coaster of emotions can be extremely, extremely difficult to deal with, especially for a spouse, uh, for another family member, a friend even. And I, I want to be clear about something real quick. Um, I probably should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. So it's said, I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a doctor. I am not a professional. I don't hold any special licenses or have any degrees um, that, that, you know, allow me to scientifically and professionally talk about this kind of stuff. Or so I put allow me in quotes. Okay. All I am is I'm a normal dude who's living a life of recovery because I've seen some shit. So what I'm getting at is this is my strict opinion. Everything we're talking about right now. This is from my experience. This is from things I've saw growing up. These are from people I've met and seen who've gone through similar shit and have either cleaned their lives up and some of them haven't cleaned their lives up. So I just want to put that little disclaimer in there. This is strictly my opinion. I'm I'm not, I'm not advising anybody to do anything. I just want to give my experience, my take on it, and I hope that you can pick some stuff up up off of it, and I hope that you can learn some things too and apply them. Um, you know, use them, use them how you would take. You know, take what you want and leave the rest for somebody else, or throw the rest away. I don't, whatever the fucking saying is, I don't know. Uh, so let's let's move on to number three: drinking alone. So maybe you used to have a drink or two while watching the game, or out with someone, or out with some friends for a birthday celebration. And now you find yourself drinking alone. I did this a lot towards the end. I isolated myself in the garage. And when I got off work. Oh, damn. Straight coffee, son. I isolated myself in the garage and I drank vodka and I drank beer and occasionally tequila and occasionally cocaine and all the time weed. And a lot of the time, prescription pills. Uh, I I like to look at it as kind of like it was like a buffet line for me. I just kind of rolled with whatever I could get and whatever was around. If it was there, there was probably a chance I was going to try to get some of it. And by the end, I was doing it alone. I was leaving work early so I could go get high, so I could go get drugs, so I could drink on the way home and walk around my neighborhood sometimes fucked up because I didn't want to go home because my wife and my my daughter were inside. Now, if that's not fucking sorry, I don't know what the fuck is. That's a sorry-ass case of a human being right there, someone who wants to do some shit like that. And I'm not beating myself up for it. It's stupid. I did it. But I have to acknowledge it and accept it, and I have to move on from it and be okay with it you know, I have to be okay with the fact that I'd made those choices at that time. So not something I'm proud of, but something that I'm proud to admit to. And I'm proud, you know, to move on from it because it makes me a stronger man. And it makes me see that the shit that I did, yes, although stupid, dumb, um, you know, I was living a life that I wasn't proud of. Uh, the past is the past. And I'm cleaning up my side of the street. And that's the most important thing is I need to keep my side of the street clean and do what's right for me and my family. And that's how we grow. So back to number three real quick, drinking alone. You're drinking alone. You know, maybe you used to drink at some parties, uh, you know, at the, at the games, whatever. Now you're sneaking drinks around the house. Are you hiding bottles of booze? Um, you know, do you sneak liquor in where there's no drinking? 
Uh, or maybe you just avoid places where there's not alcohol because it's fucking boring to you. You know, and I, I'd be a liar if I sat here and I said being sober sometimes is a bit boring. It can be if you let it. You got to do shit. Sobriety is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And a lot of a lot of people that I'm friends with that are sober say the same thing versus their old lives. So you got to make it what it is, just like uh, just like anything. You know, you're going to you're going to make it what it is. You're going to make the best of it. So isolating and isolating drinking can be a huge sign of not only alcoholism, but depression, too. So if you're drinking alone or you know someone, this is also, too, for, for if you know somebody. This isn't just for somebody listening out there who's questioning, am I an alcoholic? Well, maybe you're questioning, is my, you know, is my friend an alcoholic? Is my mom an alcoholic? Is my dad an alcoholic? Is there you know, a family member, a teacher, uh, somebody else that you care about that you may think has a drinking problem? Uh, anyways, I'm getting off topic again, so let me let me move forward here. So number four, you look forward to drinking, and I kind of had a problem putting this one in here. I almost took it out because the first the first line in here says, "Damn, I need a drink." Like, how often have you heard that? It's a classic line. Damn, I need a drink. I think a lot of people also do it um, as like a conversation starter, or because they feel uncomfortable. Maybe they don't know what else to talk about. Ha ha! I need a drink. You know. Uh, and I, I, I get that doesn't, doesn't mean you are a drunk or have an alcohol problem. That's part of the reason that I had a hard time putting this in there because I know a lot of people who do drink responsibly and, and, you know, can have, you know, a drink or two and be okay and not drive and make, you know, smart decisions. Um, I've, you know, I know that they say that, oh, you know, I need a drink and there's nothing wrong with that. So I want to, I want to be very clear about that. I think the one you know, the one thing about this one you look forward to drinking is maybe the person who is drinking every single day when they get home from work or maybe they don't have a job and that's what they do all day is they drink and they look forward to it. They can't do anything without there being alcohol involved. Um, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to go out to a restaurant. They wouldn't be able to go to a game. They wouldn't be able to do a birthday party without at least having, you know, some beer, or some wine or uh, whatever kind of alcoholic beverage would be there. And if it's not there, you know, some of the times maybe they're going to be withdrawn or not really sociable uh, and feel uncomfortable. Um, these are just some of the signs. Um, if if it's a consistent thing, I think that's what the important the important part of this thing is here. If it's consistent on a daily basis, that's when we really need to start thinking about um, you know, the level of consumption of alcohol, because that's when it could turn into a problem. Maybe it hasn't yet, but that's, you know, that's the path that it goes down. It gradually, gradually, gradually will start to pick up. And I'm firsthand, uh, here, I'm, I'm here to tell you firsthand that, um, it, it, it will grab you by the balls and you don't even fucking know it because it did it to me. Uh, so number five, drinking and driving, and this should be an obvious one. So how many times has you or someone you know driven after a few drinks? You may have felt fine to drive. If you were pulled over and given a breathalyzer, your ass would be sleeping in the county fucking jail that night, right? Um, I mean, it, if, you've, if you've driven after drinking too many times to remember, then that's probably a problem. Um, and I want to be clear about something else too. Just because you haven't had a DUI, that doesn't mean that it's not a problem. It just means you haven't got caught yet and you will get caught eventually 
Ask me if I ever had a DUI. Shay, did you ever have a DUI? Fuck no, I didn't. Don't ask me how. I don't know how. I drove so many times with my head out the window or high as fuck out of my mind. I drove and I'm so lucky. I thank God every day that I never killed anybody, that I never killed myself, that I never got a DUI. I don't know how somebody was looking out for me, but thank God I got a hold of it before because that's, that's, you know, where I was headed. Not to mention too, drinking and driving. I mean, you're, you're putting so many, you're putting so much at risk with that. You're risking lives of other people on the road. You're risking the life of yourself. You're risking the life of your family. If you have a family, you know, maybe they're driving with you and you had a few drinks or something and you're driving, I'm fine to drive. Well, it might not even be you that does something stupid. It might be somebody else. How many times have you heard that situation where someone was driving home, somebody else hit them, killed everybody in the car except maybe the driver, but the driver was drunk. He didn't even make the mistake. Now he's going to prison or she going to prison. Not only do they got to live with the guilt for the rest of their lives that they snuffed out the people that they love the most, but now they're going to go sit in a fucking cell for years and think about it. That's fucking terrible. All because of one bad decision, one bad decision is all it takes and your life will change. All right. So let's move on to six. It's socially awkward unless there's alcohol. So turning down or staying away from events where drinking is prohibited. Only being able to feel comfortable socializing when drinking. Withdrawing or excluding yourself from the group. Do you know somebody like this? Are you somebody like this? It's an easy thing to do. You either get fucking hammered and you're God's gift that night and you can talk to anybody. You're just feeling yourself. You're feeling like a million bucks. What's up? Oh, you're just, you're all over it. Friends, everything's, everything's just flowing. You know that guy or that gal, right? Gal. I love that word, gal. How old school is that? Yeah, I was with a gal. My my gal, my, or my grandpa used to say, well, my lady friend. You ever have a lady friend? My lady friend. That's fucking awesome. God, why does I get off track? Anyways, so you know that person who is, it's, is upbeat, you know, they're great when they're drunk. And then if they're not feeling it that night, oh boy, look out because they're going to go sit in a corner and fucking stick their lip out and look for some attention. That's part of the disease, people. It's part of the disease of the brain. It's not just an alcohol thing. It's something chemically imbalanced in your brain, in my brain. It is something that is hard to understand for a lot of people. It's not just... Like, I don't enjoy it. I told my wife recently, I said, I don't want to be an alcoholic. I was having one of those fucking days. You know, I I don't want to be an alcoholic. I don't, I, it's not. I'm still in denial of it sometimes, to be completely honest with you. That's not easy for me to say, but I am. Sometimes I say I'm not an alcoholic. What the, there's nothing. See, and that's the fucking, that is the sickness of it right there. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, it's the only disease that tells you that you don't have a problem. And I know this because I experience it a lot. It still fucks with me and tells me, you're fine. Go have a drink. You could do it. You'd be fine right now if you just went and had a drink. You could totally control it, Shane. You could fucking control it. You'd be all good. You could drink just like everyone else. You can start having fun. You could start fitting in. 
you know, again, because it feels a little awkward. Talk about socially awkward sometimes. Try being the fucking only sober guy at the drunk place. You know, that's a little awkward sometimes. And I try my best to not make it awkward. And I think I do a pretty good job of it. But sometimes there's only so much you can do. Okay, so let's move on to seven. Lying to your doctor about how much you drink. And I really liked this one. This is one that um, when I came up with it, I thought, damn, that's a good one. Because how many times had I done this? How many times have you done this? Or have you done it? Uh, you go to the doctor, okay, They you go there for whatever it is. It could be anything. And they maybe they give you the questionnaire, and they want to know if you're on any medication. They want to know if you had any heart disease. They want to know when the last time you got your fucking first boner was. Okay, they want to know everything. And they also ask on there, do you use alcohol? How often? Do you use drugs? What do you say to that? When you go, are you honest with them? Yeah, doc. Uh, well, I wake up about 5 a.m. I roll on out, smoke a doobie. By noon, I'm drunk. By about 4, I'm uh, calling my guy up for a sack of cocaine. I'm going to do that till it's gone and uh, possibly do it all over again tomorrow. See, I knew the amount of drinking and drugs I was doing was excessive. But, you know, like, like many of us, we're able to look at our lives as perception versus reality. You've heard me say it before. Perception versus reality. In other words, I looked at my life, how I wanted to see it. You know, that I only partied on the weekends and I didn't have a problem. But all along, I knew subconsciously what I was doing was excessive. And I also knew that it was wrong. I had this deep, dark feeling inside of me that lingered around. It never, ever went away. I could stuff it deep down where I wouldn't really um, you know, pay attention to it. But it was always there that the lifestyle that I was living was wrong. And it was, it was excessive and it was very secretive to me. And I think maybe that was a part of it that fucked with me the most. It was very secretive. There were just things that I just, I just felt that I don't know. I, and it's not even like I held like hella deep, dark secrets or anything. When I say secretive, I don't mean there's some hidden thing that like was that I'd never told anybody about that, you know, that I did or someone did to me. There was nothing like that at all. It was just a secret internal feeling that I had that I wanted to do more of it, more drugs, more booze. I wanted, I wanted it, but I didn't want to tell anybody about it. And it's, it's the weirdest thing. It's very hard to explain. And I hope somebody else there, somebody out there, you know, can kind of relate to that. Um, it's a very dark force that wants to pull you in and it wants to see you, uh, destroyed. It wants to see you in pain. It wants to see you suffer from this disease and it will fuck with your mind until, you know, you get help. I knew subconsciously what I was doing was wrong. And that's why I had to lie on my doctor's form because I knew if I told the doctor, you know, the real amount of, um, of drinking and drug using that I was doing. Well, number one, I was embarrassed and I felt guilty about it because I knew that it wasn't right. And I also knew that the doctor would tell me that I needed to get help, that I need that, that what I was doing was unhealthy, that it could kill me. Um, you know, that it was wrong. And so I didn't want to have anything to do with that. I didn't want to hear it. I wasn't ready for it. So I completely acted like it didn't exist. Mr. Raymer, do you drink? Oh yeah. Occasionally. How many beers do you drink? Oh, maybe one a week, two a week. Do you smoke cigarettes? Only when I drink. Well, fucking hilarious because I drink every day. So yeah, you fucking smoke cigarettes. 
I mean, come on. Okay, so let's move on to eight. This is a no fucking brainer. It's blackouts. Now, me personally, it's it's not hard for me to talk about it because I've seen it before with a lot of friends. Um, I've experienced you know it firsthand with them. Um, I was not a blackout drinker, a blackout drunk. That's not to say I never blacked out and passed out. I did many a times, but there are certain drinkers um, and users who will black out on a consistent basis. And if you are consistently getting drunk, blacking out and waking up somewhere where you don't know where the fuck you are and you don't know how you got there, you should probably think twice about drinking. Okay. That's a very, very scary situation. Um, you know, I also have experienced through friends, um, you know, that I love and that I care about who have blacked out and they have been abused by men. Um, and that is also something that is very scary for a woman, for a female, like, you know, you drink so much that you, you pass out and you get taken advantage of. And that's a very sick thing. And it's, it fucking kills me that a a grown man would actually do that to a woman. Um, but it happens and it's happened to people that I love and that I care about. So, you know, think twice before, if, especially if you're a female, think twice before, you know, you decide to get so fucking wasted and, you know, go home with some dude or end up somewhere where there's dudes and, or there's just people. I mean, people that'll fuck with you when you're passed out, right on you, fucking take pictures of you, that kind of stuff. You never know where that shit's going to end up. So if you're a blackout drinker and this is happening to you consistently, you should think twice about drinking. Or if you know somebody who is, you should tell them, think twice about drinking. You may need to get some help. Number nine. This is my favorite one. Denial. Denial. So you said yes to three more of the above list, but you're still minimizing or excusing your drinking habits. Okay. So back to this one line again, addiction. And we hear this a lot in the support groups. Addiction is the only disease that tells you you're all right. Please. I really hope to God somebody hears this and gets this for this episode, hopefully sooner than later, because once again, hear what I'm saying. Addiction is the only disease that tells you that you are all right. It will tell you that. It's cunning. It's baffling. Let me read something else that I kind of coined the other day, which I was kind of proud of. I wrote, cunning and calculating, alcoholism and addiction may be the ultimate Machiavellian disease. So my point to that was, though, that alcoholism, addiction will fuck with your mind. And it is very very, very, very difficult disease to deal with once again. So, and I also, let me just kind of sum this whole list up with, with this for you. Okay. Having a drinking, having a drug problem is nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to feel guilty about. It's nothing to beat yourself up over. It does not, let me repeat, does not make you a bad person. Okay. You may have done bad things. You may have done shameful things. You may have done things that make you feel guilty, but that's not you. That is not you. Okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. And many of us are too prideful, too righteous, or we feel like it's a sign of weakness to ever admit to having a problem. And I'm here to tell you firsthand, me, Shane Raymer, that it is not. 
Okay, it's not weakness to admit you have a problem. It's not weakness to ask for help. You got to get over that pride. Let it go. It's the thing that's holding you back the most. And you'll only end up stronger in the end. I promise that. And honesty is the first step in recovery. And you just have to make that decision. You, you just have to say, you got to give your will up. You got to find something to give it up for yourself. You know, God, something. You have to want it because it takes work. It's not easy, but it's attainable. You just have to make the decision. And remember this, only you can make the change. Thanks for listening. www.soberguy.com. Thatsoberguy.com. Fucked up my own website, comedy. Um, check out the music on there. Email me, please. Questions, comments, anything that uh, would be interesting for the show. www. Uh, sobriety. Oh, no, that's a fucking website. Sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. And then you can hit me up on Twitter, too. It's at five, the number five, that sober guy. Shoot me a follow. Shoot me a message. I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to help people. I hope that if, you know, if this, if this program just helps one person out there, that's all I care about. That's all I want. You know, we're passing this shit on. And then, you know, you, you, you listen to this, you take the, you take what you like from this uh, show, from this episode, and you pass it on. Pass it around because it's free information. It's for the greater good of mankind, for all of us. We're all brothers. We're all sisters. Uh, remember to love each other. Okay, enough enough with the uh, with the hateful and resentments and all that bullshit. There's nothing for the soul. All right, much love, peace, and respect. This is another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio with Shane Raymond. For information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com or you can email Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy a sober, healthy, happy life.